Welcome to episode 13 in the Kips Personal Trainer Application Podcast. My name is Tyler Valencia and I'm the president of Kips and Kettlebell Concepts. In this episode, we have a fitness professional that has truly excelled on many different levels within the industry. Giovanni Rosselli is a master instructor for Viper Pro and the Institute of Motion. He speaks around the country at many of the top conferences and is a personal trainer based in South Florida, not to mention at one point being a professional wrestler. In this episode, we discuss his use of developmental kinesiology when working with clients and many of the concepts discussed inside a Viper Pro seminar. Let's get to the episode. For today's episode, we have something different that we haven't had before is we have a guest that I met at a conference last November. Him and I were talking about what he was speaking about at the conference, and I thought it was such a great topic that any type of trainer can take away and be able to apply immediately with their clients, with an audience. So the name of that presentation was Developmental Strategies for All Ages, and one of the first slides in there was about developmental kinesiology. Gio, can you explain developmental kinesiology for us? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm far from, a, far from an expert on it. Uh, however, I just have a very deep interest and, uh, and, and passion uh, for it. And mm-hmm. I, can, I continue to dig, dig deeper into the topic. So it's basically the study of early childhood development and how we go from our backs and how we roll over, and then how we get up on all fours, and then we get up to a knee, and then we get up to both feet, and then we squat down and stand up, and then we go through locomotion, and then we're on, on our way to walking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, went through that, I went through that very fast, um, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very, very interesting topic um, that I learned about several years ago. And once I, once I wrapped my head around it and once I learned it, it was something that, you know, I just wanted to learn uh, much more about. And now I'm able to, uh, to, to speak on it at, at a conference such as the one that, uh, that we met at. Mm-hmm. And I think in, when we were discussing it, it was really the application takeaways that I was like, that makes so much sense. And when you start to think about it and apply it with clients, you're thinking, okay, some trainers come into this thinking, oh, you know, I want to train athletes or I want to train everyday Joes. But there's so many individuals that come to us with an injury or that are of age where they can come train with a personal trainer in the middle of the day. And then you start to look at this type of information and you're like, wow, this is very useful. Um, what are some of the ways that you have used this information with your clients? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I work with a variety of clients. Um, however, a, a decent chunk are in the uh, older, older yeah. range. So yeah. we're talking, you know, 65 and older, even a couple in, in their 80s. Wow. Um, so I use a lot of these strategies and, and the thought process to help build a workout from the ground up because mm-hmm. The safest position that someone can be in is is on their back, uh, with no gravity, having to uh, having to fight, um, and then from there you gradually can build gravity up to to a standing position. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I look at programming a lot of the workouts, um, and not even for the you know the elderly population either. But just I, I think it's I think it's a pretty good way to uh, start 
um, start a workout, whether that's you know your your actual warm up or whether that's the actual you know meat and potatoes uh, part of the workout. Where so you know I'll I'll have someone's okay. Let's let's go to your back uh, on the ground. Um, and for, for that, <laughs> for that person, that may be challenging in itself, mm-hmm. um, which is another reason why I use a lot of these, uh, positions, um, because as the workout goes on, they'll end up going from the ground to standing, but it won't be that, <laughs> you know, uh, prototypical, Turkish get up, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful looking ground to standing exercise. Mm-hmm. But in the end of the day, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, you need to know how to get up and down off the floor. And you know, that, that opens up a whole new conversation with, with falling and fall prevention and, and, and that, and that whole topic. Um, but you know, I, I work in, I work in the South Florida market where there's a lot of, uh, you know, retirees, yeah. Um, so for me, it's very important, um, that I, that I help them not only, you know, get them stronger and more flexible and, you know, all those cliched goals, but to also improve their, uh, activities of daily living and their quality of life. Exactly. Um, and, and a lot of, a lot of that has to do with <laughs> how, how, uh, smoothly, uh, they can get up and down off the floor. And I, and I just break it up in a lot of different positions where, you know, straight from kind of the developmental kinesiology, um, handbook, Mm -hmm. so to speak, um, you know, starting in them on their back and then they go to their side and then they go on all fours and then they go to one knee and then maybe they go to both knees or vice versa. Uh, and then they end up doing something standing and then they end up doing something with locomotion and then, you know, we may uh, repeat that another time or we may say, all right, let's now I'll keep you standing because I did enough, enough on the ground. Um, and then we can start another, uh, you know, an, another block of uh, whether that's strength or, uh, or whatever the goal is for the day. Yeah. I mean, even just from a programming standpoint, you hit it right on the nose right there. If you're working with a certain population that, might have trouble getting down to the ground. You're not going to typically want to get them up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. But just starting on the ground, starting on their back, moving to the side, one knee up. I mean, just the plethora of exercises you have just right there. And by the time you get to walking exercises or the end of whatever routine you have, there's an hour right there. Plenty of stuff, especially with that audience if we're talking about um, the elderly population, this is not a population that you're trying to do high intensity training with. You're trying to work on the quality of each movement, try to challenge them in that way. And there's most, more, more than likely they're going to need their rest in between in order to get to the next exercise or, well, you know, take a breather. And so um, from a programming standpoint, it's a great way to think about a session. How can you work with somebody an elderly client, start them on the ground, get them to the end of the workout in a safe manner. That's also a thing that I think some trainers forget is the safety in terms of working with um, an elderly client is that um, if you're having them up and down, up and down, 
how many times are they able to do that in a safe manner, especially if they start to fatigue. So I think you've really hit it on the nose there with uh, a great takeaway right there. So, well, the one, the one thing uh, to, to also keep in mind is that depending on the person, they may not want to get up and down off the exactly. floor. Yes. Um, so, so what I try to do is I try to maximize every position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say, we're going to start on the floor. And then, you know, I, I could, whether you're elderly or whether you're a young athlete, I could still crush you with ground-based exercises for yeah. – anywhere from 20 minutes to 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, s- some of these, some of these positions to get in and out of, you know, it, it, it takes me up to sometimes 30 minutes. So if I'm doing an hour session, then that means a half an hour of that is going from your back. Okay. So that means that you're in some dead bugs or, you know, some type of, uh, it could be double bridge, uh, single leg bridge, something on your back. Mm-hmm. And then you go to your side could be a, could be a clamshell if we're focusing on on hip. Could yep. be a, a T-spine rotation if we're focusing on upper back, uh, you know, upper spine mobility. Yep. Um, so that's, we went from our back to our side. Okay, so now we get on all fours. And then it's our traditional maybe quadruped, some, some cat-cow. Maybe even work yourself into a, a bird dog or a modified bird dog where just the limp you know, just the arms or just the legs are moving. So now we're on all fours. Okay. And then we get up to a half kneeling position, um, to a knee. And then from there, maybe just holding it. I have plenty of clients that just holding a half kneeling position is enough, uh, stability and enough Mm -hmm. strength challenge to, uh, uh, for it to be enough. Or then maybe you get, and that's when you get some half kneeling chops and lifts in even some, you know, more traditional strength work with some dumbbells in the hands. Um, and then, you know, even from there, sometimes I'll go into, you know, kind of a half frog where you kick one leg out and then get into some adductors, some groin stretching, uh, maybe even a full frog um, after that quadruped position. Um, and, then, and then we'll get you up and then maybe we'll do some type of toe touch progression, or a hip hinge pattern, mm-hmm. or, you know, and then maybe I'll put a mini band around your ankles and then we'll start some locomotion walking. If that, if the theme of the day is, you know, uh, hip, um, and then maybe uh, I'll take that band off and I'll put some dumbbells in your hand and have you go for a farmer carry to cement everything that we just did, nice. uh, w- with some, with some strength work. So, you know, when I, when I look at it like that, um, and I take someone through it like that, um, you know, and, and <laughs> I, I've, I've gotten a lot of referrals now and I, I usually get the, Hey Gio, I got this client or, you know, the, or a mat, the management would say, or, you know, a, a, a fellow uh, client would say, Hey Gio, I got this client, you know, their back's bothering them. They're, they're 72 and the, you know, they can't reach their arms over their head. And you know, the first person they think of me and I'm, I'm flattered, <laughs> you know, but it's also, it's also a lot of work, but you know, you also got to start from the, start from the beginning. And I just yeah. found a lot of success. I just found a lot of success, um, you know, taking them through this type of, uh, ground to standing type of techniques. Yeah. It's a great approach and it's really, um, you know, I'm a, a basics and a foundation kind of guy when it comes to working with clients or even my own type of training, what are the basics? How can I improve those movements? And I would say the next question I have for you, it's, and it's really 
um, something that I think varies from person to person and of course on the situation. But uh, what would you say your viewpoint is on unstable surfaces when uh, working with elderly, elderly patients or clients? Yeah, this is like a whole can of worms oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you, if you ask 10 people, depending on the 10 people, uh, five may say, don't bother. And five yeah. would say it has its benefits. Yeah. Um, so, so kind of from what I've learned along the way and, and how I kind of view learning um, for myself is that I try to take something from, from everybody and I don't poo poo anything, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak, <laughs> uh, p- politically, uh, c- correctly speaking. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the one, the one, I guess, quote, unstable surface that I've really kind of been drawn to that I've really found a lot of success with that I really enjoy using that I've really uh, gotten some deep work with is the cortex. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, was invented by Anthony Carey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's more of a, the way we discuss it is it's, it's not really an unstable surface, but it's more of a, a reactive environment. And, and I really like the way that your body has to react, um, yeah. to the cortex and, 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 and to the environment. Um, but you know, there, there is the, uh, I guess I'll play both sides. There is a lot of, uh, research. Uh, and a lot of papers that have come out that's saying, you know, hey, you know what, standing Bosu ball doesn't really help your balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and on the other side of it, you know, I've also heard, you know, uh, the other camp uh, talk about how, you know what, if you do it like this, and if you think about it like this, and if you do this, do it this way, then this is why it works. And I say, hmm. Okay, well, I'll I'll see your point, um, and you know I'll just take it all for take it all for what it's worth. I I, I think at the end of the day, though, um, you know, say say you have a client that really loves the Bosu ball, mm-hmm. like, and they've used it their whole life, right? So that's where like the psychology of coaching comes in. Yeah, where it's if they love it if this is what gets them in the gym, if this is what draws them in the gym, if this is what makes them happy, then maybe it, it, if I don't really believe it or use it, that doesn't mean that I should say, well, we're not going to use it because it's garbage. And there was this paper that came out that said training on unstable services, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't work and doesn't do anything. You know what? If I have an hour, I'll throw them a bone. I'll let them, I'll let them do it. So they're happy and then I'll do what I want to do or I do what I was planning to do and, and you just throw them a bone. Um, so, you know, I, I look at it, I look at it like that too. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat and maybe some ways have been shown uh, are a little more effective than others. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of benefit to everything and everything has its place. Agreed. Agreed. I, uh, a quote that I always, or even a, a viewpoint on that, that I was uh, told by somebody that unfortunately passed away recently. Um, but this gentleman, he was a great powerlifting coach. And when you think of powerlifting coaches, powerlifters in general, you know, they're typically, and I don't want to, like how you said, poo poo on powerlifters. I do powerlifting myself. I used to go to a powerlifting gym, but they tend to tend to be very, okay, this is the way we're going to do things. 
It's this way. And this coach in general, he always had a viewpoint of as, okay, what is your reasoning behind it? Does it make sense? Is it, is, is there any type of evidence behind it? And looking at all the aspects of it, if, and then if it does check these marks, why not? And why not utilize it? Why not utilize it for some training stimulus? So I've taken that approach just like you uh, with everything. And um, I, I think also how you look at strength training, personal training in general, just how you pointed out, those really feed into those as well. Um, a great point that you made was about giving clients a little taste of what they like. If they like, like you said, BOSU balls, or if they like, uh, my example that came popped in my head was, was clients always wanting to do crunches. When I used to own a boot camp, they always wanted to do crunches and I was never a big, okay, we're going to take 15 minutes of our boot camp, our one hour boot camp, just to do crunches and different types of things. But okay, at the end of it, if you guys crushed your workout, you guys did a great job. You guys are, uh, you know, you guys want a little, something a little bit easier for you guys to do. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you guys, but please let me, please on the, on the, on the back end of it, you guys are also going to give me some stretches too when you cool down. So that part of it, it goes into this, your session, your coaching, your programming, all those things that matter. And again, from the psychology end of it, you want clients that want to come back to you. If you're just going to beat them up or if that's your approach to it, if you're not going to give them things that they believe, because again, these are not people that went to school for it, take certifications, take weekend workshops. These are not those people. These are people that they trust you. And of course you want them to have fun, come back and believe in what you, what you, what you're doing. So I thought that was such a great point. And then also with uh, unstable services, I think that also goes into how you look at core training. What is your definition of the core? What is, how are you applying that within your own training? I think one of my favorite things is always when I look at core training, and this is one of my topics that um, I look at a lot just because it's, so it's been something that I've even looked at for a dissertation topic is that how you look how some popular strength coaches look at uh, core training or are they looking at it in terms of anti-rotation or rotation? And mm-hmm. I think that that is such a, a big topic to think about. And even uh, what I thought that uh, we could discuss today was even how the Viper plays into that um, Viper pro. And before we jump into that even too much, uh, can you give the audience a little background on what, what Viper pro is and um, how it's kind of utilized with, with individuals? Yeah. So uh, I'm obviously a big, uh, big fan mm-hmm. of, uh, of Viper pro. I've been using it, uh, almost since its inception into the, into the United States. Cause it was first introduced in the United States at Equinox. And I was an Equinox employee, um, uh, personal trainer at the time. Um, so, you know, the, the whole premise behind Viper pro is we call it kind of loaded movement training where mm-hmm. it's, meant to submaximally load the body in uh, a multitude of directions and angles. So as opposed to kind of a loaded linear type of strength training that we've done and thought about. And once again, there's, there's still many benefits to it. And Mm -hmm. we're not saying that we shouldn't do that anymore, but we're saying that loaded movement training. So taking, um, don't take your one RM, um, but you know, take, uh, we call it submaximal load. And what if we rotate in the transverse plane or what if we move that in the frontal plane 
And what if we do things that we can't do with a barbell um, or do things that we, uh, you know, can't do um, with, with other pieces uh, of equipment in a, in a loaded type of way? And it originally uh, came about up in Canada where uh, the inventors, um, and there was two of, there's two of them, um, Michelle Dalcourt and Simon Bennett, they were up at a hockey camp and they were looking at uh, certain teams and one team uh, from one side of the town was beating the, t- the other team from the other side of the town. Mm-hmm. So they, they said, well, what are these kids doing? What are these kids doing? Well, the kids that were winning were the kids from the farm. The kids mm-hmm. that were losing were the kids from the city. Um, and, you know, we think about that, you know, farm strength, um, what is farm strength? What are farm, what do farmers do? Farmers are in these type of odd positions where they're picking stuff up. Sometimes it's really wide. Sometimes it's narrow. Sometimes it's on one side of their body. Sometimes it's on their shoulder. Sometimes they have to throw it fast. Sometimes they just have to hand it slowly to somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, So they they got to looking at at what, what farmers do. And, you know, they they said, well, we're not going to, put bales of hay into the gym, but what, what can we create that could kind of replicate this farm type strength where we're moving weight, uh, away from our body versus keeping weight within our body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's another big, uh, uh, you know, a big benefit of, of Viper because with the length of the tube and the, and the size of the tube, when you take a weight and you move it away from your midline, Yep. That makes that makes a lot of a lot of muscles uh, work that you don't normally get to work in uh, in a way that they don't normally get to work uh, with with a loaded meat and potatoes type of linear based exercise. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I mean just the shape of it. If you're listening to this episode and you're not quite familiar with it, um, a joke that I always think is funny, or whenever somebody. Um, even comes over to my house. I have some vipers and whenever they come over, they see them, they, uh, if you're following this and maybe potentially you've seen my, my Instagram, you know, I, I do these things called the Highland games or, and very similar to strongman competitions. And some people know the whole log press. And so they, they, they'll grab one of them. So I have the two bigger weights. So I, I don't want to say the bigger weights because I know they came out with a bigger one, but I have a 20 kilogram one. And they grab it and they try and treat it like a log press. And I'm just like, you probably don't even know what this is. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, but when I started incorporating it and learning more about it, you start to see how you can connect exercises that you might have been familiar with. Maybe we're talking about crossbody chops. Maybe we're talking about uh, exercises with the TRX rib trainer. And you're like, wow, these are, there's a lot of similarities in these. But now I'm not restricted by having to stay closer to an anchor point or I'm having to stay next to, if I'm using bands, next to a, a pult in order to perform these movements. So I think that opens up the conversation to um, so many different planes or the, all planes of motion, but the ability to incorporate it with a variety of exercise. And I think the, um, the issue that I've seen is just people just don't quite understand it or they don't understand really the... Um, the application for it yet. That's my opinion. Um, I personally like it. I, like I mentioned before, I have some and I utilize them with my own training. And I think for every population, these are things 
that can be utilized. And again, going back to um, your definition of core, core strength, core stability, those things even play into it as well. And I think you, you briefly talked about it, but can you explain again what strength and odd angles is? Yeah. So, so that's one of our big, uh, you know, big benefits of, of using Viper Pro as well, where if you think about it, you know, in athletics, let's go both sides of the spectrum in athletics and just on the other side of it, just everyday life and just, just having, having a good quality of life Mm -hmm. is how often are we (laughs) in a symmetrical, perfectly loaded position and we have to, we have to either perform athletically like that or pick up something off the floor in our house like that. There's a good chance that you kind of got one foot in front of the other. Maybe one foot's turned out a little bit. Your body's twisted. Uh, maybe your left shoulder's higher than the other. Your right shoulder's a little lower. And you're in this kind of odd, you know, odd, awkward position. And then you have to be strong there. Um, and you know, and that's, and that's where a lot of injuries occur. Um, when, uh, you know, when, when I teach the workshop, um, you know, I'll, I'll often remind the participants that, uh, changes in angles, changes in loads and changes in speeds are three things to strongly consider Mm -hmm. when putting together an exercise program and what and when looking at injury prevention if you think about it most injuries will occur from and this is not just a gym injury this is a life injury an athletic injury most injuries will occur with a change in speed right so you're running down the first baseline and then you pull your hamstring or your achilles or achilles blows out right changes in speed um going, going too fast or how many how many injuries occur on the deceleration part, how many, uh, how many injuries occur on change of direction where you have to cut mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you blow out your ACL, right? So changes in speeds. Um, to go along with that cutting is changes in angles. Changes in angles are multiplanar movements. Are, are, are you strong in the transverse plane? Are you strong in the frontal plane? Are you strong you know, in, the, in the sagittal plane? Are you strong in all three planes maybe at the same time? Um, and then changes in loads, right? So yes, we still need to pick up some heavy stuff. We need to also handle light stuff. We need to handle medium sized stuff. We need to be able to put that Christmas tree on top of our car Mm -hmm. and to put that Christmas tree on top of our car. That's not a traditional Arnold press with two (laughs) dumbbells. That is taking a weight, moving it away from our body and being in a lengthened position. So, one of the whole premises behind Viper Pro is being long and strong, right? So I want to make sure that I am long in a strengthened position. We call that tensile strength, right? So we want the ability to be uh, long, but not, but not break. And, uh, you know, when, when we look at this stuff and, and, and when you really start to wrap your head around, you know, how, how does the Viper Pro, how can it help me? Or what are the benefits? And you just, I just say, just go out and live and go out for a day and yeah. see how, see how, have, see what, when you have to get that uh, box out of the backseat of your car, 
right? And you're, and you're, and you're, uh, you know, you're kind of hunched over and your, your one foot's definitely in front of the other and your arms are extended and you have to take that box and pull it into your body and then take the box and move it away from your body to put it down. Um, you know, it's, it's life is, <laughs> life is all about, you know, being in, being in odd positions. And the more that we can load these movements safely and efficiently, you know, the, the, the more resilient we'll be. And, and that's a word that we like to use is we're, we're trying to create longevity and res, resiliency in the body. And, oh, yeah. and, you know, once again, I just want to make it a point that that's not saying that we should not do Arnold presses and, and, and bench presses and, you know, bicep curls and all that stuff. We should absolutely do that. There are so many great benefits to doing that stuff, but the complement, the other piece to the puzzle is being, you know, uh, being strong in, in these, in these, uh, other planes of motion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I like that you added that piece in there because I think sometimes in the current fitness industry, and the education made available, some people will get caught up on the one, st- one style or one training modality or one programming modality. And they think that, okay, this is the way that everybody needs to do it. And right. the addition of different pieces of the puzzle, you're only going to benefit your client even more. If you bring an additional item to them or if you bring a different theory to them and you incorporate in their programming, you're only going to con- be constantly working towards a better program for them and hopefully help them with all those things that you listed. And from a personal standpoint, which was something that I honestly had one of those light bulb moments after working with the Vipers. And this was maybe two years ago um, after probably two, three years of getting into serious powerlifting, Olympic lifting, and then incorporating Viper, the switch in terms of, the efficiency, but also the ability to move. I was out at a park kicking around a soccer ball. And I honestly, before that, I always had a little bit of hesitation, just a little bit of stiffness, just from the type of uh, demand on the body of doing um, powerlifting and Olympic lifting movements. But then after incorporating Viper and going out there, honestly, this light bulb happened. I was like, wow, I can move more freely. And Mm -hmm. just the ability to change speeds, I'll say it just felt I'll say younger. And it was, it was a really great moment. And it's something that for me, I had that aha moment that, wow, this can be a great addition for my type of training. And um, I think how you mentioned it with incorporating all the other items is just as a piece of the puzzle that can really just um, open your, your client's eyes potentially and tying in something that we talked about earlier with your outlook on coaching or even your ability to introduce these types of things with clients. It's those a trusting many times that I've had to introduce the Viper to a client. They are very unsure about it. They don't think um, that it's really going to be beneficial for them because they are very used to those, um, you know, exercises. They're just bicep curls. They're just presses. They're just used to those items. Mm-hmm. I remember um, if I'm going to, uh, go back to when I used to teach group exercise, more boot camp style. I tried to incorporate things like Viper or loaded movement training, and they would always just go back to what they know. They didn't care what the exercise was, but over time, building the trust, showing them this is something that you need in your programming. This is something that you need a part of your regular training, 
they started to buy into it and ultimately they did want to learn more about it because it is something great. And I like uh, those concepts too that are included with uh, the Viper workshops and uh, exactly how you mentioned them. I mean, you are a master instructor for them. You teach workshops for them. Um, so it's something definitely to, for people listening to explore um, later on in their free time, see what is available in the area. Cause I mean, correct me if I'm wrong to you, but these are extra uh, workshops that go on uh, nationwide, right? Yeah. Yeah. We put them out nationwide. And you know uh, what I will say too, is, is that, you know, by nature as, as human beings, you know, uh, our, our interest gravitates towards certain things in life, right? And in the fitness industry specifically, you know, we end up gravitating towards certain techniques that we fall in love with or that we are really interested in or that we really um, feel, uh, you know, a strong bond to. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Viper Pro was one of those things uh, for me. And there are some, t there are... <laughs> many successful trainers out there, many that don't use Viper <laughs> and that's okay. And, that, and that's okay. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's not saying that neither of us are, are, are in the wrong. Um, but I, I'm, I've been a successful trainer using Viper because I've dedicated the time to learn about it. And, and I've studied it enough that I know how to utilize it in a lot of different situations. And there are other trainers that have used other tools just as well to have just as many benefits um, in, in, in that. So, you know, what I've tried to do throughout my career is, um, you know, focus in on, you know, getting very good at, at a specific skill set or skill sets, mm -hmm. um, but also have enough tools in my toolbox um, to, to pull out that rip trainer if I need to. Yeah. Or, you know, or, or take out the TRX if I need to, or, you know, I, I love kettlebells train. I love kettlebells too. I love kettlebell training. Um, I may, I may actually use kettlebells more than I use, uh, use Viper in a, in a particular workout. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we all gravitate towards, towards certain, certain things. You know, I love animal flow. That's like, you know, uh, the opposite of when I was bodybuilding, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, bodybuilding. And like I said, we, we end up getting, uh, drawn towards certain t techniques or, or pieces of equipment based off of our personality or based off of our past. Yeah. Um, so my past was, I was a stiff bodybuilding pro wrestler. Um, so when I got introduced to things like animal flow and Viper, my body responded really well to it because it, it said, oh, this feels really good <laughs> because you're not, you're not used to moving in these different directions because what is, what is traditional bodybuilding splits? It's basically all sagittal plane. It's all linear-based um, uh, movements. Yeah. So then when you start to look at you know, uh, animal flow-type movements, you know, ground-based you know, uh, you know, body weight type of flows, and then, you know, submaximal loaded movement training with, with Viper or Viper Pro, um, you know, that's something that ignited uh, a spark in me. And then I took it and ran with that. Um, maybe if I was introduced to other things, then I would have took that and, and ran with that. But that's, you know, that's how life kind of navigates you. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a really good segue to really our, our podcast takeaways for the day. And um, we're actually going to do something a little bit different. So in the past, and we'll see how things go with this, but um, in the past, it's usually been takeaways based off the episode and um, whatever topic that we're on. But I saw something that was really great. And just how you were just talking about really good advice for personal trainers, for fitness instructors, fit pros, stuff for them to think about and take away. Um, I saw a great question that somebody was asked that say, I'll call him a pseudo celebrity. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you uh, saw, I already forgot what the name of this uh, documentary was, but it was somebody that did basically a triath- triathlon in every single state. And he was asked a question about lies within um, doing triathletes. And essentially he, he gave three different things that he thought weren't true that people talked about uh, for doing triathletes. And I wanted to apply those for the fitness industry. So uh, Gio, can you please, I'll say, what are three lies that you were told or heard about the fitness industry that you think are, are just not true? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'll, I'll, I'll answer it. And I don't know if I'm answering with actual lies, but it, I, I, I think it'll still, still answer. I think, I think it'll still check the box. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first entered the fitness industry, I thought it was all about fitness. I thought it was all <laughs> about exercise and getting people in shape and training people. Somebody comes in, they'll be motivated. They'll want to work out. They'll be ready to go. I'll give them a great session and then that'll be it. Um, you know, what, what I, what I learned, uh, quickly and throughout many years is that it's a whole lot more than a training session. Mm -hmm. It is being a psychologist. It's being a coach. It's if someone you, if you know, without a shadow of a doubt that this client needs mobility training, they, they're stiff and they're not going to get the best workout if they don't, you know, improve their mobility. And all they want to do is bicep curls and bench press and strength training. (laughs) Then you have to be a good enough coach to talk to them and, and a good enough programmer, um, in what you do to, to still get them to where you want to go. And that old expression of giving them what they want, giving them what they need. Um, you know, there, there's just so much more that, that, that goes into it than the training. The training session is almost the easy part, mm-hmm. like a, after a while. Um, but it's, it's the, the, the booking, the sessions, confirming the sessions, the bookkeeping, the accountability, um, you know, and then, you know, changing it on the fly if they didn't have a good night's sleep. And, you know, you know, it, 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 it you know, I walked in uh, to the fitness industry just thinking that, yeah, just, just give people workouts. Like how hard could this be? Um, but it was, it was farthest from that. And, you know, I think we all go through an evolution and when you're in the industry for long enough, you kind of, it's kind of cyclical. And now I'm, I'm coming back to the point where, you know, it's really back to the basics. Like it's real, you know, 
you learn a lot of these different techniques or you get exposed to a lot of different things. And, and in the end, I still end up doing almost push-ups with every single client, (laughs) you know, like what's more simple than a Mm push-up, you know, but you know, then you see all these weird type of variations with things, but in the end, (laughs) I'm still going back to perfecting people's push-ups. And if I can do that, then, you know, um, I, I feel like, you know, that, that's, that's a success. So, I think one of the main uh, one of the main takeaways for me was that you know there's a lot more that goes into being a successful personal trainer than than just showing up and giving someone a workout. Now there's plenty of plenty of trainers out there that do that and uh, and they get by on that. But I never set out to be just another face in the crowd. I never set out to be. Um, just another name. I didn't want to be just another trainer. I wanted to be, I wanted to be good. And then I wanted to be great. And then I wanted to be, you know, and I still want to be, um, known as, you know, uh, a, a really high level fitness professional, mm-hmm. um, that I don't feel like I'm there yet. Um, and I feel like that's uh, also uh, a sign, uh, of, of humility that we all need. Yeah. And that I'm always striving for because I always surround myself with people much smarter than me. And that, that old expression of never be the smartest guy in the room. Um, you know, I'm never, uh, I'm never the smartest guy in the room. That's for sure. Um, and, and I've, I've tried to develop and, and cultivate and create relationships with, with uh, people that I look up to and people that I can learn from and people that can mentor me and people that could, uh, and, and people that can, can guide me. Awesome stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Really. I also things that, um, takes definitely experience with coming into the fitness industry. And, um, I thought even though, again, I mean, it's kind of a theme with all that you said right there, the basics, um, in terms of, um, learning what the industry is about, but also learning what goes into a session. Um, it's really more than just how you said, showing up, giving a workout. And those, those other items are the exactly what you mentioned are the harder parts and advice that I've given in the past myself has always been, you got to go with, you know, what you know and what you want to learn and where you can get some experience because uh, yeah, I know that you worked for Equinox for, for a bit in your past. And I mean, that's a, a tough, can be a tough environment for some trainers, but um, it's also so it can be a great learning experience for trainers too, depending upon who they are and what they want to get out of it and um, you know, what their goal is. So really um, great stuff for what you shared there. And um, before we wrap things up, um, Gio, can you give us the audience some information on, on where they can find you on social media and maybe any upcoming events? Yeah, well, well, we're at a time right now where uh, I, I would love to share uh, a lot of events that I had booked and, and have booked, but unfortunately, everything's still uh, still up in the air. But hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can get back to reality soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you could just find me on pretty much every uh, every channel on the internet, just with my full name. So it's just Giovanni Roselli. Um, just spell it out. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. Um, uh, Facebook is uh, official Giovanni Roselli. YouTube, I think, is official Johnny, uh, Giovanni Roselli too. 
Um, so if you just um, put in my name anywhere, you'll you'll uh, you'll find me. And I'm fortunate enough that there's not many other uh, Giovanni Roselli, so <laughs> you you won't have to search through many to find me. <laughs> oh, very good, very good stuff. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on and really sharing great tidbits, things that trainers can take away, apply immediately with their clients. That's exactly what this podcast is about, giving those actionable items for trainers, fit pros, uh, group instructors, anybody that's in the industry so they can apply these items immediately and hopefully make better programs for the clients. So thank you again for coming on and uh, we'll see what we can work up for the future. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I wish uh, everyone out there who's listening to this uh, the best of luck or, or continued uh, success. Um, and feel free to reach out to me uh, for anything that I can potentially help, uh, help or assist with. Awesome stuff.